Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode, episode 58 of the Canberra Football Show. Back in uh, from his uh, fantastic holiday over in uh, Queensland, Michael. How's it going, mate? Enjoying the weather over there? Definitely enjoying the weather up here, Matt. Uh, definitely a lot better up here than it is down in Canberra, you know, with the, the cold. Uh, the this cold weekend was all right. And the winds. And the winds that we were just discussing about off air just before we got on. So I definitely don't miss that. And it's been nice sort of chilling out and relaxing in 20 to 23 degree weather uh, without any sort of rain or, you know, cold weather around. So it's it's been great. Um, but, you know, when, when I come back, I'll have to, you know, readjust and climatize again back to the cold weather. Of course, of course. Well, let's get cracking, shall we, into some action. There's some uh, interesting results, which has some interesting implications on the ladder. So quite a bit of movement and um, uh, goings on this week. Let's kick off with Bell Conan against Canberra Olympic. 2-2 was the final score. Max Green with a brace in the first half, and then Alan James with penalty and Adrian McCaw with a goal at the death. Bell Conan went into halftime, 2-0 up, like we said, courtesy of Max Green. The first resulted from... Christian Kreskus nicely working his way around a player, then crossing it across goal for Max, who got on the end of it. And the second, I believe, was also an assist from uh, Christian Kreskus, putting in a cross once again for Green, uh, building uh, quite the combination there between those two players. And Max Green has just been on an absolute uh, tear of form ever since he got back from his trial in Spain. So he's definitely been a a re-welcomed addition uh, for Michael Zakowski because I remember him talking about on commentary, I think it was with Russ, that, um, you know, their, their build-up play and their creating chances was um, never an issue. It was just uh, scoring. So in comes Max Green and uh, they're scoring again. Olympic managed to work their way back, though, from a draw in the second half, scoring two goals late on including one in stoppage time. The first was from Alan James, who converted from a spot kick after Isosa Heggie was brought down in the box. Uh, the equaliser in stoppage time came courtesy of Adrian McCaw got on the end of, um, got on the end of for a header. Now it might've been deflected off a Belco defender. Nonetheless, nonetheless though, it, may, it meant uh, the spoils were shared at McKellar. Uh, the results implications on the latter are that Belco still remain in seventh place, tied with Tigers, and are only behind on goal difference with 10 points. After West Canberra's victory, it means that they are now five points uh, behind uh, instead of seven. And Olympic remain in fifth place, but now have an extra point over Tigers in sixth spot and are now two points off the top four as well. So we're getting a bit of movement around there with the West Canberra's victory that, you know, um, like we said, that means they're a little closer to the likes of Belka and Tigers and even Olympic now, um, which you will mention uh, a little earlier. Do you have any uh, thoughts on this match, Michael? Yeah, I mean, it's a disappointing result from Belconnen's standpoint for the fact that, you know, they, they obviously had a 2 0 lead and, you know, they, they were getting themselves closer and closer to thinking that they were going to come away with three points in this one. So a little bit of, you know, like a discipline there in the final sort of, you know, 10 plus minutes costs them in this one from getting three points and they only come away with one. But nevertheless, I think that sort of speaks to the resilience that Canberra Olympic have managed to display so far this season. You can never count them out. And, you know, they, they did themselves a massive favour by, 
you know, get, converting from the spot uh, to make it 2-1 before, you know, McCaw scores in injury time to make it 2-2. And, you know, that would have felt like a punch in the guts for Belcon and United, feeling as though they were so close just to hang on there because they could have really used, you know, a, a three points, uh, but it wasn't meant to be. And Canberra Olympic come away from this, you know, thinking, well, we're 2-0 down and there's just over 10 minutes to go. We This might not go our way to at least, you know, to where they actually snag a draw and, and they come away with a point. So from that perspective, it does them a little bit better than it does Bell Connor when you talk about sort of how the game unfolded from the first minute to the last. And yeah, a share of the spoils uh, in uh, at McKellar there, but some great combination play from both from both sides uh, in this one. And you talk about all the implications around the ladder and what this result sort of means, even though Belconnen sort of stay where they are in seventh, you know, uh, at least they can look to the positives that they had in that game, like you mentioned with Kreskus and Max Green sort of, you know, having that link up play. And it's hopefully something that they can work on uh, moving forward as they, you know, obviously want to try and get in that top four. And without further ado, Matt, we'll move on to the next match, uh, which was Tigers FC up against West Canberra Wanderers. And West Canberra finally getting um, their first win uh, of the season, you know, to back up their strong performances that were sort of leading up to this point, Matt. We had discussed it sort of numerous times on the podcast. So well done to West Canberra for getting their first win of the season. Alex Wilson uh, scored in the first half for Tigers FC, and it was George Pavese. Uh, James uh, Driscoll and Blaise Vlasovsky, who got on the score sheet for the visiting team. So 3-1 result for West Canberra Wanderers in this one. They get their first win of the season. And what a result for them against uh, Tigers FC, Matt, a, a quality opposition. Uh, George Pavese, you know, connected with a header from a corner, which, you know, might have deflected off a defender uh, to equalise, you know, after they had initially conceded from Alex Wilson's goal. And then 10 minutes later, you know, they took the lead through uh, Driscoll, who nicely controlled the ball uh, from ball sort of just over the top and, you know, got a deflection from the shot. Once again, um, you know, though I don't think Wanderers w- would care about how, you know, the, b- the ball ended up in the back of the net. Now uh, that they were in the lead at that, at that stage, getting the 2-1 lead. And then obviously Vlasovsky, you know, sealed it uh, in the second half there, 10 minutes after half time, courtesy of a header from a corner. So, you know, um, they, they obviously did well to come back, you know, having gone one nil down. And it's so often been the case this season that they've gone down in matches and they haven't been able to really recuperate and get themselves up and back into games to the point where they equalise and then push on further from that to get themselves into the lead. And uh, But they managed to do that in this one, Matt, and it's the first time that they've managed to do it and they just justfully get their reward uh, for a good performance on the other side of thing you know on the other side of things sorry you know tigers they did manage to take the lead uh, through wilson you know who got on the end of a good cross you know beating his marker to put it in the back of the net and you thought that maybe this was what tigers fc needed uh, given their sort of recent struggles in in terms of form but you know they weren't able to build on that one nil lead and like i mentioned you know three unanswered goals from west canberra wanderers gets them their first win of the season and you know this victory means that they're you know they're now five points off you know the, the closest teams above them uh which is bell belconnen and the opponents that they just beat in tigers who are seventh and sixth uh place respectively on the table uh with 10 points each so you know like i mentioned 
um, before the loss uh, for Tigers, you know, means that they're only, you know, now ahead of Belcon, Belcom on goal difference, uh, Matt. So they've got some ground uh, to making up. And due to O'Connor's loss, which uh, you'll get into shortly, so I don't want to give too much uh, detail away, but, you know, they'll only, they only still remain four points off the top four. So they're still in and around those uh, top four positions. They're not far off at all when you consider that they're only four points off. And now it will be a case for West Canberra, Matt, if they're able to move forward from this, if they're able to now use this result against Tigers FC, getting a big, huge away win like this, and if they're able to capitalise and really build on this now for the next few weeks, um, for the next, sorry, a few games that are, that are coming up, you know, it's a really good opportunity for them now to capitalise on the confidence that they have now got from this result against Tigers and being able to use that um, moving forward so they can try and get themselves up that table because now, you know, with a win, they're, they're not far off at all. And, you know, whilst at one stage it may have looked like when was this first win of the season going to come? Now that they've finally got it, we we can sort of sit here and say, well, are they going to be able to, you know, build on this now and, and continue to surge forward? So we'll just have to wait and see. We'll see if Tigers can bounce back. We know that the Tigers are the bounce back type, uh, Matt, but uh, we'll have to sort of just wait in anticipation to see what's going to happen uh, with Tigers. What, what are your sort of quick takeaways uh, from this uh, obviously massive result for West Canberra, but there's also a little bit of strife going on in that uh, Tigers FC camp uh, with the results on the pitch. Yeah, look, first of all, well well done to West Canberra. Like we said, the results haven't been reflecting their performances in the league. I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone, everyone I've talked to anyway agrees in unison that they've been playing a lot better than what results have shown. Now they have that win to show for it. Um, of course, the, the two draws as well were crucial. Like you said, only five points off Belco and off Tigers. Um, and they have a better goal difference than Belco as well. So if it comes you know, down to that, at, as it stands, they have a better goal difference. Uh, I guess what's key as well for West Canberra is they do have that game in hand against O'Connor. Um, not next weekend, but the weekend after on the Monday. Um because there won't be any games that weekend due to the Kanga Cup. So that'll be a weekend off, but literally the next day they'll be playing. So if, the, if they're able to get, you know, a win before then and or, or a result before then, and then if they're able to get some sort of result against O'Connor, they're a lot, you know, they're, they're not far off. Uh, so with literally, if they have one more win and Belco and Tigers don't get a result, the you know two points it it all becomes um you know easy so like we said you didn't want to write off west canberra especially considering their performances regarding tigers though i think sort of like russ said last week on the show we all know the quality they have they haven't been in the best of form but they need to start picking up some results soon uh because if i'm not mistaken they haven't won a game since may 28th and that was Nope, sorry, not May 28th, on May 14th. And that was against Belconnor United 3-1. That was the last time they've gotten a victory. Uh, it's mostly been results and losses since then. So like we said, if West Canberra win and they don't get a result in the next couple of weeks, then, you know, where where it's it's in a territory, it might be in a territory where we didn't even think Tigers would be at the start of the season. So it all, like we said, between 
literally, I think well, what we're going to see over the next couple of weeks is between eighth place, between eighth place and fifth, we are going to see one hell of a race. I think um, I know there's a bit of points separating everyone at the moment, but I think considering how competitive it is, we are going to see that. Um, but in saying that, though, if O'Connor win their game in hand as well, then they might be closer to the top three um, than the bottom four. So it's going to be very, a very interesting next you know few few rounds or so. Uh, moving on next to O'Connor Knights, two nil loss to Monaro Panthers at home. McLaren and Nikos Karfas with the goals there. Monaro Panthers took the lead in this one through Zach McLaren, who pounced on a deflection off an O'Connor defender uh, to place it past the keeper. For the second, Nikos Kalfas headed it over Darren Bailey, who made the break down the line. Then, then he was able to cross it back into Kalfas again, who managed to, managed to beat uh, the O'Connor defender and keeper alike to the ball to make it 2-0. Great counter-attacking play there from Monaro Panthers. Uh, despite the loss, O'Connor still remained in the top four by two points. And of course, still have the game in hand, uh, like we mentioned against West Canberra. Manara, on the other hand, have extended the gap between them and O'Connor by seven points, obviously with the game in hand as well, uh, referring to O'Connor. And they reduced the gap between them and Croatia to three points since Croatia uh, lost to Gungahlin. But that also means that Gungahlin are in second place, only one point off Croatia. And two points, I believe, off Monaro. Yep, two points off Monaro. So we're only seeing three points of difference between the top three at the moment, Michael. So we're going to see an interesting next couple of weeks, I think. So uh, we're going to see some interesting games uh, there. Uh, it was also important for Monaro as well, of course, not getting the result, uh, not getting the result last week. So it was, you know, very, very well needed. Um, going down to Canberra, Croatia. And like we said, it was a perfect time for them to gain points because we thought last week was the time. If they were going to gain points, it was them. Turns out Gungahlin were able to get the win. So they didn't um, win, get the result that the first result that they needed, but out of the next two games, these were both crucial results and they're able to get one. So now they're even closer. And there's there's still that catch-up game, as well, not catch-up, but there's still that other game against, uh, you know, the other games against Gungahlin and against Croatia. So that race for the top spot and first place, the um, minor premiership, uh, why is it called the minor premiership? You know, that's just the thing. But, you know, the, the championship, um, it's going to be very, very interesting before the finals. So I think we're in for an interesting ride there. Next up and last uh, match of this round was between Canberra, Croatia and Gungahlin United. One of the heavyweight clashes that we have discussed numerous times on this podcast, Matt, it was Gungahlin United who picked up a valuable 1-0 away victory. A goal through Bernabo Madrid two minutes before halftime, a crucial time to grab a goal and prove to be the decisive difference in this encounter. Gungahlin, you know, gained a... You know, they, they obviously gained a massive win uh, for themselves as they reduced the gap between them and the top of the table, uh, who, is, uh, who is Canberra Croatia, to just one point now. So huge in terms of that context. And, you know, putting themselves in a great position in, in the title race. And who else would have it been through other than their talisman? You know, Bernabo Madrid, uh, who was the one that sort of broke the deadlock there, like I mentioned, just a couple of minutes before halftime as... You know, he cut across his defender and thundered a bullet into the 
you know, into the right corner, as he so often has done. And, you know, this was also his 75th goal in MPL on his 100th appearance. So, you know, a, a couple of milestones there, hitting 75 goals in 100 games, that's a magnificent uh, goal-to-game ratio. So uh, kudos to Bernardo Madrid because that's a yeah sensational strike rate. That's what you want from your from your number nine. Uh, Croatia, on the other hand, you know, like Angola, they had their chances in in what was an entertaining game. It always is between these two, and you know, the, the best chance probably came through uh, Jason Ugrinic. You know, took a touch in shooting first of all, allowed Quinn to you know make a stunning save, and you know, whilst the uh, resulting corner, you know, a powerful downward header from, you know, uh, the central defender there, uh, Daniel Subasic, was hacked off the line uh, as Croatia. You know, they had Gungalan stretched there in that period of time, but they just couldn't convert. And, you know, what a result for Gungalan United when you talk about getting a goal and a clean sheet away at Canberra, Croatia. You know, not many teams can say that they have done that over the years. So a very, very good job by Gungahlin United to come away with the three points in this one. And like I mentioned at the top, Matt, it's a huge, huge win for them in context of the top four of the title race as the season, you know, is now into the second part of the campaign. So, you know, you already discussed the amount of changes that have gone on in, in the table. And I expect that to just keep continuing with the high end quality football that's being displayed at the moment, Matt, um, do you want to get into our round 12 fixtures? Let's go. West Canberra Wanderers, Monaro Panthers, Saturday, July 2nd, 2.15pm at Melrose Synthetic. I'm going to throw this one to you, Michael, because I still need a couple uh, more seconds to think how I'm going to do this one. That's the only time I'll be doing this today. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for a... I'm going to go for a draw in this one. I would like to think that West Canberra are going to, you know, take a lot of positives out of getting their first win of the season, you know, against a quality team, like I mentioned, in Tigers. And although Monaro were able to get an impressive away win themselves against um, O'Connor, I do see this one ending up in a stalemate, just purely because I think that this is a time now where West Canberra can, you know, really put a little run together as they look to get themselves off the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, look, um, I agree. I'm going to go with a draw here. I think maybe the, uh, the synthetic will be the, maybe the icebreaker in this one to make it a draw. Uh, uh, West, like even though West Canberra Wanderers have only, you know, gotten the one win uh, this season and a couple of draws, the, Synthetic has been partly where they've gotten those some of those draws, um, you know, against big teams and also their big victories as well in the in the FA Cup. A decent amount of them came on the synthetic also, so that could be uh, the icebreaker here. But it's one of those games where I think any result can happen. Next up, Canberra Olympic Tigers FC Saturday, June J- sorry July second, three p.m. at O'Connor enclosed. This is a crucial one, I think, for both sides um, for for all the reasons we've discussed. It just doesn't, like we mentioned, uh, a Tigers haven't gotten a, a win in nearly in like five weeks or something like that. Uh, they just don't seem to have the form with them at the moment. Olympic, on the other hand, um, have a little more form behind them. So I'm going to say an Olympic victory here. But um, this 
yeah, Tigers probably need to start bouncing back um, very soon, considering the reasons we've mentioned. How about you, Michael? Yeah, I'm going to go for an Olympic win as well, Matt. It, it, it's just interesting when you think about when or if Tigers are going to be able to sort of turn this around. You would presume that they will turn it around eventually, given the quality that they have in their team. But, you know, teams go through this during different points of the season when they sort of just go through a bit of a rut when they're struggling to sort of put things together. And that can be a combination of things, you know, where it's just not working out on the field. And then you've got injuries that you obviously have to deal with as well. There's probably a lot of things that they're dealing with at the moment. But uh, I'm going to go for, yeah, a, a Canberra Olympic win in this one. I do expect Tigers to turn around. I just don't think it'll be against an Olympic team that obviously did really well to bring themselves back against Belconnen United to go get a point this past week. Next up, Canberra Croatia against Belconnen United, Sunday, July 3rd, 3 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. Another crucial match for Belco as well, and also crucial crucial match for Croatia. And I, I, I'm going to go with Croatia on this one, partly because I just think they're going to be absolutely raring to go after dropping those points against Gungalan. Um, you know, they, they did have the cushion of the four points, which uh, could prove uh, pivotal in, in the end, but I think they're going to be raring to go. Not that Belco aren't for the same reasons. I just think uh, Croatia especially, um, it will benefit this weekend. But Belco, they've, they've uh, definitely picked up their form recently. Like we said, they've got something to prove as well after uh, conceding those two late goals against Olympic. How about you, Michael? I'm going for Canberra Croatia in this one as well. I, I expect them to bounce back after that loss to Gunners, especially being at home uh, as well, having the home side, you know, there and cheering them on, I think will do them a, a world of good. And, you know, Belconnen United always sort of managed to make it a good contest against Canberra Croatia yeah. as well. This is, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. So I expect it to be a close game, but I do think Canberra Croatia do have that tendency to bounce back from a loss probably better than any other team in the competition. So I'm going to side with them on this one. And next up, Bengali United against O'Connor Knights, Sunday, July 3rd, 3 p.m. at AIS, Grassfield 2. Uh, like we said, Bengali with a huge win over Canberra, Croatia. And I th- and one thing I forgot to mention as well, um, I forgot to add on the end there, is that Bengali are undefeated in their last five or six matches. Um, and most of those were wins, only one draw in that time. So uh, they've hit on, you know, one hell of a role. And I remember just before that, they lost two in a row. And then we said, when was the, uh, one of the yeah. predictions I said, I can't see them losing because I can't even remember the last time they've lost three in a row. And they ended up winning that game. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, they've been undefeated um, ever yeah. since. So uh, they've just been in great form. Like we said, the amount of depth they've added, they've added even more depth over this uh, June transfer window as well. Nico Abbott, uh, just one of the likes. And then all the, you know, the, their, um, every, all their youngsters and everyone that's been playing on the bench. And we mentioned they had a bench of Abbott uh, only a couple of weeks ago, a bench of Abbott, John and uh, Bernabeu Madrid uh, for the last couple of weeks, uh, not last week, but you know, the last couple of weeks before that. So, They've just so, got so much depth. O'Connor, on the other hand, uh, obviously will be disappointed that they ended up losing the match against uh, Manara, considering the form they've been as well. They got a, if I'm not mistaken, they either beat um, Gungalan or drew against them last time round. So they've gotten the result against Gungalan before. 
And this will be a very close match, but I'm going to go for Gungal and Victor. I just think their form at the moment uh, is just um, top-notch. How about you, Michael? I agree. It's always hard to go against a team that's on such a roll like Gungal and United currently are, Matt. And that's why I'm going to tip them in this one against O'Connor. But it should be a great contest. You know, uh, these two teams had a, had a good game the last time they, they played as well. So I expect it to be of similar quality. But I, I do think you have to, you know, take into consideration above anything else the form that Gungal and United are in and that they're obviously going to be really hard to stop at the moment. And they're playing with amazing confidence. Obviously, Bernabo Madrid, 75 goals in 100 MPL appearances. You know, just feeding off of that, you know, sort of energy and confidence that they've got flowing through that team at the moment. I just expect them to carry that on. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. MPLW. Joining me today is Jeremy McGann. Jeremy, how's it going today? Very good. Long time no see. Matt. Missed you the past 24 hours. <laughs> Especially the longer game we had as well. Um, let's get straight into that game, actually, that we called at O'Connor Enclosed. 1-1 between uh, in the what Russ calls the Canberra Classico, the MPLW version. 1-1 uh, between Olympic and Croatia. Vanessa Ryan with the goal for Olympic. Bella Baric with the goal for Croatia. Once again, like we mentioned, sh- the spoils are shared in this Canberra Classico. Croatia probably had the better of the first half, while Olympic probably had the better of the second half. So in hindsight, when you put everything together, probably a fair result, I'm sure. Um, some people might have some uh, different opinions in that regard. But uh, Bella Barrett, like we mentioned, opened the scoring through a great header, m- made herself free um, as the ball perfectly, was essentially perfectly placed um, for the header. All game, especially that first half, Bella Barrett uh, was a constant presence down that right-hand side. She dragged the defence. Um, she was able to find herself in a lot of space, like we mentioned, uh, on that wing in the game. And Vanessa Ryan scored, like we said, scored the equaliser following across really good counter-attack as well. That was from Canberra Olympic. Unfortunately, Krista Hagen suffered an injury, uh, which required an ambulance at the start of the second half. Uh, Best of luck to her in her recovery. That also um, meant the game was delayed by about 25 minutes. But as we say, always safety first. Uh, Jeremy, first of all, do you have an update on that? And then after that, what do you make of the game? Uh, yeah, it was a, a dislocated shoulder for for Krista. Seriously dislocated. Uh, she she she's all right. I mean, I'm I'm sure that she must have been in the, in the world of pain, and we heard it when we were commentating. Um, but uh, but yeah, she um she was looked after well, and uh, and yeah, she was she was well enough to uh, to to answer my text when I asked her if she was okay. So she she is okay. Uh, yeah, it was it was obviously not not great to see, and and she's not going to um come back to play next week. It's probably going to be out for a, for a few games. So it's a, it's a definitely a, a pretty big blow for Canberra Croatia. The game itself, look, I think that's probably what, what might have changed the game. You know, Krista Hagen uh, coming out. We said it during the, the, the game from the, the cozy booth at O'Connor. Um, the bench was probably a bit deeper, a bit more experienced for Olympic than it was for, for Canberra Croatia. Uh, once Siena Birni was, was in, um, there was just not a lot of players who have that experience in WNPL for the, the Canberra Croatia bench. And all the good things that we've seen in the first half, you know, Bella Barac, like you said, stretching, danger coming from everywhere. You had Grace Gill playing as the anchor. You had Palombi on one side, 
Barac on the other side, we've seen Berkeley running a couple of times. It was hard for Olympic to defend on all this. And the second half with, with Hagen coming out and with Barac dropping a bit lower and Olympic coming a bit more into their senses and, and able to keep the ball a bit more, uh, ch changed the, the momentum definitely. Uh, you know, it's not to say that Olympic wasn't dangerous in, in the first half. There's that free kick from, from a distance from Ali Cook that's uh, clapped onto the, the crossbar. And then when, when Vanessa Ryan scores uh, the shot for from Tiana Miro at every right to go in and Parina again uh, does, does a nice save there. So in, in, in the second half, it was maybe a bit more cagey. Uh, maybe that wasn't, you know, it wasn't like crazy end-to-end -end stuff where each team has 45 opportunities. Uh, but when they were attacking, they were attacking sharply. When they were defending, they were both defending um, solidly as we'd expect from, from both teams. So the 1-1 one -one is probably deserved at the end. Is it a better result for Canberra Croatia? Probably they keep their four points um, above uh, Olympic. It was at Olympic. Um, you know, not that Omemewe does a lot in, in our competition, but it was a game that was away for Canberra Croatia. So getting a point away is always good. Uh, and now and now Olympic needs Croatia to trip to be able to uh, go in and steal that first place away from them. So um, I'm sure Nicole Beg would have loved the, the win uh, to try and put that pressure on, on Zoran Glavnitz and, and his troop. But it was it was a great game to to call, minus, of course, the, the interruption and, and Christa's enjoy. And I'm going to put you on the spot here. We mentioned during commentary how both teams haven't really needed to absorb pressure most of this season, right? Um, and obviously, since we were able to commentate this game, we're able to analyze it a little closer. Who do you think... Was, even though it was a draw in the end, who do you think was uh, probably more suited or turned out better in terms of absorbing the pressure? Because arguably they both did that. Like more, Olympic did it more in the first half and Croatia did it more in the second half. Who do you think was sort of better adapted to that since they don't do it often? I'd say Croatia, but I'd say that it's normal. Uh, it comes with experience. It comes with a team playing together. Olympic is a young team. You got LK Aitolu, who was a striker two weeks ago, a bit, bit more, uh, but who's playing for the first time in, in defense. You have a team that doesn't have the same automatism that Croatia has. I mean, in Canberra, Croatia, you got Peck, Kitching, Rannon, Fenster, Mami, McLaughlin, um, Diane Wilson in the midfield. You had Hagen, Bissett, and Berkeley. Those are all girls that have played for years and, and for a few years also together in the competition. So when those teams have to absorb the pressure, they can absorb the pressure, they can clear the ball when it's necessary, but they can also play short and, and try and build up. It's something that probably Olympic was struggling to do in the first half. The pressure from Gamera Croatia was so hard that it was all clear away, clear away, clear away, clear away, and trying to put the ball away. We didn't see enough of Mickey Thornton in, in the first half, for example, because the ball just wasn't going into the midfield from Olympic. So I'd say that Croatia might be better at, at absorbing that pressure because it doesn't prevent them from playing their football. That said, you know, if, if being better means not conceding, Olympic defensively was impressive, you know, even though they were not always getting the ball out the nice way. Um, Elke Aitolu, I don't think, was beaten once in, in the whole game, which is a performance for somebody who's supposedly not a defender. Rune Juna used her, her pace as we'd expect it, and she's used it well, and, and they were not afraid of bringing physicality. I mean, you know, Bella Barac had, had a very good game. Uh, Brittany Palombi had maybe one, two, or three shots, and we know how lethal she can be. So they shut down the player the way, the way they had to. There was always somebody breathing behind um, Grace Gill's neck. So I think both teams showed us how great they can be um, defensively. Maybe Canberra Croatia had that 
way to be able to still get the ball out, but maybe the performance is more impressive from Olympic because it's a young team and because it's a team that we haven't seen doing that that much and maybe doesn't have the experience of having done, done it in past years as well. So bo both teams to be commended for sure. Indeed, they should be. It was, uh, I'm really looking forward to that third matchup uh, and see if it's uh, not a draw as we've seen the last two times in the league anyway. Next up, Wagga City Wanderers, 4-2 loss to Bengali United. Castle and Cochrane with the goals for Wagga. Nat DeMarco, McGlashan and Chow with a brace for Gungahlin. Gungahlin United gained only their second victory of the season out in Wagga at Gissing Oval. Some really good team goals here, which once we, like we said last week on commentary and on the show, what illustrates probably Gungahlin at their best is their link-up play, the triangles in midfield, the one, the quick one-twos moving around the players and I think the goal that probably illustrates that best is Sharon Chow's first goal where you had the link-up play between the three midfielders, uh, uh, both the DeMarco sisters and Ch Sharon Chow uh, all linking up with those quick passes, moving around the defence and then Chow putting it in the back of the net. Wagger, on the other hand, though, another really good performance. Uh, you, have, uh, you have to say, Jeremy, uh, they made the comeback to equalise just five minutes after they conceded and then they were able to hold on for the rest of that half and then... Uh, in going to halftime, it was 1-1. Uh, and I think what also is important, Jeremy, is the goals they scored. Uh, they took the initiative and they took advantage of maybe some, you know, uh, slip-ups at the back from Gungarland, which I think Sam has mentioned on the show, like they need to take advantage whenever there's a slip-up. And they were able to do that as well. So, uh, and they were able to put on the pressure at times to get these goals as well. So, well done to Wagga on another performance, but of course, well done to Gungarland on their second victory of the season as they hope to put some form together and try and move up that ladder. What'd you make of this one, Jeremy? Uh, it was an interesting game to watch. I mean, first off, congratulations to uh, Andrew Woodman, who's the new yep. uh, head coach at Gunga United, who, uh, who uh, politely texted us yesterday, probably heard, me, yep. heard us in the commentary uh, talking about the coaching situation at Gungalin and, and reminded us that um, we should have known that he was there for a week now. Uh, so he's the new head coach at Gunga United, obviously a, a great a great coup for uh, Diego Iglesias uh, and his team will be assisted by uh, Nick Van Hals. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing Gungalin even more this season. Um, you, you mentioned it, there's always this football played for the Gunners that um, is worth watching and when it's done well, it's perfect. And um, Natalie DeMarco uh, is touching the ball on every goal um, yesterday and she's really involved in, in the football and when she does that well and when she finds her teammate, she's just a weapon. Uh, and so she she did that very well this weekend. But you know the, the work offensively was there from everyone. Um, and you know even Andrew Woodman was saying that he was very happy about um, the shifts that the girls have put on all week. Uh, so it's going into a, a good direction. That goal from Sean Chow that you you mentioned is is a perfect picture of that. You know the goal, the first goal from Cassia McGlashan as well uh, comes off a, a great opportunity. Yeah, that was and, a bullet as well. That goal. Yeah, I was gonna say then kudos to her for for even trying from that narrow angle and and then uh, and then nailing it. Uh, so so it's great. It's it's about them, you know, sorting out their defensive issues probably. Uh, and it's not it's not um, singling out the defense. It's obviously uh, eleven players who have to defend together to uh, to avoid conceding. Um, so so it's good to see the Gunners playing that football and scoring. It's hopefully we're gonna see a bit more consistency. The Wanderers are the only team they were able to beat in the first round. Now it's the only team they've beaten in the second round so far. Hopefully they can get a, 
a string of results and, and not just one. Uh, for, for Waga City, it's, we say it every time, it's a young team and it's a team that is uh, learning to play together. It's a lot of intensity that they put into that game. They Maybe they knew that there was an opportunity to get points against Gongalin. There was, they were close to it. Um, they, they made the most of the opportunities that they had. Uh, an uncharacteristic mistake by uh, by Kelly Tonini, sorry, as I said in my uh, um, in my review, uh, offered the the first goal, but you got to be there to take them when the mistake is made. Um, so so it's good to see that Wagasichi didn't you know uh, let their head drop and and kept pushing and kept playing their football. Uh, Ebony Warner again, um, you know, created to to a few saves. So it's that learning experience is probably going to last the whole season for, for the Wanderers and um, they'll reap the fruits of, of all this game and of all these performances, even if it hasn't come as a matter of victories or, or points, uh, they are just progressing and they're improving and every week when they face those supposedly better teams, they are getting better themselves. So it's just about keeping, keeping, keeping on and, and, and doing the work um, for them to, uh, to improve and then hopefully by the end of the season, we'll see more than one win for, for the Wanderers. And then next season, we'll see a team that's a bit more comfortable playing together. Yeah, and once again, congratulations to Andrew Woodman. <laughs> I probably should remember that considering I just commented on his LinkedIn post saying that he's uh, got the got the goal. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry, he's got the gig. So um, yeah, well done to him. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Bengal and go moving forward. All right, next up, we have Tagoran United 2-2 uh, with West Canberra Wanderers, uh, Saruti and uh, Sturjo uh, scoring the goals for Tagoran United. Uh, Cannon with both the goals from West Canberra. And I probably just um, butchered that name as well. My bad. But yeah, look, West Canberra conceded uh, a two-goal lead in that second half to draw their third game in a row. Uh, despite the run of draws, they still only remain four points off um, Canberra Olympica in second place. Uh, Tuggies secured their second draw of the season with a terrific comeback against the side in West Canberra that, you know, in recent games, despite the three draws, they've still had some really good form as well in terms of the whole season. Once again, shows Tuggeron's resilience uh, was on display. And once sort of like Wagga, what was encouraging for them was they could take advantage of some slip-ups at the back from uh, West Canberra and take their opportunities when they came, um, which is something sort of those sides needed to build on and both sides that did it today. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Jeremy? Of course, West Canberra with that um, two-goal lead and they if, if they won this, they would have had a, a chance to be within what is it two points of um, Canberra Olympic yeah two points yeah yeah two points yeah probably regrets for for Ray Castro I mean you know you're up 2-0 uh, you got the game in your hand and then you let Tugana United coming back uh, the Tuggies who played uh, 10 minutes down to to 10 players after uh, I think Jade Ames who was uh, who has seen been probably a little bit overzealously for, for just kicking the ball after the, the whistle had gone off. Uh, but she, she was sent to the Sinbin for 10 minutes anyway. So at one point, the Wanderers are with, with more players than, than their opponent and they can't take advantage of it. So there might be some regret for, for West Canberra, but they're having a, a very special season. So, you know, it happens to every single team to, to drop points. It's the uh, first points, the first points that they, um, that they would have dropped against a team that's not in the top four. So it's, uh, it, it is definitely a, 
an okay performance for, for West Canberra by, by any uh, stretch of the imagination. Tara, Tara Cannon, you pronounced the, the name really well, uh, Matt, don't worry. Uh, Tara Cannon with, uh, with that goal kick, with that uh, spot kick. Sorry, I think, um, I think Maddie Ems knew why, where, Sammy Ems, sorry, knew where Tara was going to shot, but there was so much power into that penalty that there's nothing the, the keeper could do. And you could see her face uh, and how surprised she was about how, uh, how he went just past her. With Tergrenong, you, you got to commend the fact that they're able to come back from that, right? I mean, they score within what, 15 seconds or something like that in the, in the second half, probably picking up um, the Wanderers when they're still cold, but then they keep pushing and then they're able to resist when they're only uh, down to 10 players and then they still have opportunities once they're back at 11. Uh, so, so it was great. Good to see um, Ariadne Sterju scoring. She was impressive the few times that we've seen her coming in or that, that game that she started that I was commenting with, uh, with Russ as well. She's got plenty of pace. Um, it's great that she was at the end of that um, opportunity to, to score. It's, again, great to see Tergonon working like this, developing um, the teams really coming into their own, the, the injured players coming back in. Uh, you know, if there's a regret to be had for, for Tergonon, that penalty probably given a little bit too cheaply. Um, I, I maybe Tara Mustaine didn't realize that she was into the box when she when she grabs Sofia Medina's hand, but it's it's probably something that could have been avoided. But it's like it's me bickering really. It's too because I, I it's great to see those teams playing well, and you don't want them to make those mistakes that gives the the goal away. But it was a, a good draw, and uh, and it promises for both teams a a pretty special end of season that uh, that of course will be will be watching you and me. We certainly will, and there is no last game because CUA and Belconnen United was postponed due to um, not enough referees as um, there were a few sicknesses in that one. So that has been replayed, not as we record, but as we go out tonight at Hawker, oh, yeah. uh, at Hawker Synthetic, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hawker Synthetic, 7.30 p.m. kickoff, I was told. Yeah, so uh, yeah, tune into that one if you're watching this. Um, next, let's get straight into the fixtures, though, from round 12. We've got Belcon United against Canberra Croatia, Saturday, July 2nd, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park. This should be a, an interesting one, Jeremy. The last time they played each other, Croatia probably, you would say, won uh, relatively uh, comfortably in that one. But Belco, we've seen them improve slowly and steadily against the big team so far this season, able to get that draw against Camp, uh, Canberra Olympic as well, that second half in the Fed Cup also. So they've built well to this matchup. And I guess for Canberra Croatia, it's going to be interesting to see how they line up with uh, without Krista Hagen. I'm sure there has been a couple of matches in the past couple of years where she hasn't played, but I actually can't remember one where she hasn't played that I've seen anyway. Um, but we all know they're a quality side. It's just going to be interesting to see how he sets up. The, does he, you know, put Bella Barrett sort of further back and sort of play with two in the midfield and her up front, uh, sort of like sort of like four two three one. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. I'm going to say Croatia, but this will be a very close match. I think. I think uh, Belko will also be raring to go for this one. How about you, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll call it the draw just for, for the fun of it. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Belko obviously is uh, growing strength to strength week in week out, and they were able to keep. Uh, Olympic at bay. It'll be interesting to see if they can do it again against um, Croatia. Yeah, Croatia without Chris Dahagen, same thing. I don't remember her missing uh, a, a lot of games, but I, I know that the one game that I saw that she was in here, I think Jenny Bissett would 
play back as a number six. There's also Dan Wilson who can play yeah. higher up the pitch. Uh, so so they'll find they'll find the solutions. They'll be able to uh, to make it work. I have I have no doubts. Um, it'll be obviously a very a very interesting game. It's always a great game when the earth rivals are playing against each other. Uh, and at Mackellar on a Saturday afternoon. If it wasn't for that Tuesday night game for Belconnen, uh, they would have had a, a real advantage. But now they're going to have to play twice within the week. It's not going to be, um, you know, the easiest situation for uh, for Scott Conlon and and Maddie Moore. But I guess at least the postponed game is uh, is already out of the way. And and you know, if they can get the results um, against Canberra Croatia, then they'll get uh, dangerously close to to the reigning champion. Say that they win tomorrow night and then they win on Saturday. They are three points away from. Uh, Canberra, Croatia. So, so it could be a very good week for uh, for the Blue Devils. Uh, I'll, I'll go for a draw, but I'm looking forward to that Saturday afternoon game. It certainly should be an interesting matchup. Next up, we got West Canberra Wanderers against Canberra Olympics Sunday, July, Sunday, July third, twelve forty-five PM at Melrose Synthetic. I'm going to go with Olympic on this one. West Canberra have, even though they haven't lost, the you know three draws in a row. Um, coming up against Olympic, who are off what two draws in a row now, um, they're going to be raring to go. They, they if like they're going to make sure they can do everything to not drop any more points. Um, considering that they only have one match left against Canberra Croatia in the league. In saying that, though, I'm sure West Canberra will put up uh, a very good performance. Uh, what do you think about this one, Jeremy? Yeah, I'll go for Olympic as well. When we were calling the game yesterday, I was thinking that. You know, sure, the, there was a game bef- the day before on, on the corner, but I was thinking, you know, if, if you look at Canberra Olympic and their uh, their skills and their talent, they're probably better off playing away if if a home game means that the, they're going to the play. Pitch on is a little choppy, yes. Yeah, on, on that kind of pitch. So, so when they're going to play at Melrose, which is a, a synthetic pitch, and you know, maybe everybody says that when you're used to train on grass, you don't like to play in synthetic, but at least the ball does what you meant for it to do. So that's going to play right into the, the skills of, um, of Canberra Olympic. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'll see them winning because uh, that, that talent and that frustration of not winning two games in a row is probably going to be all unleashed at once, unfortunately for the Wanderers. And next up, we have CUA against Wagga City Wanderers, Sunday, July 3rd, 2.30 p.m. at Hawker Football Centre. It's hard not to go past uh, CUA, especially since we've seen them p- play. They're really starting to get into some nice form themselves. Uh, Wagga City Wanderers, though, they'll be, um, I'm sure they'll be coming off a high after that performance, uh, considering yeah, considering how how well you know they played in that matchup. Uh, how about you, Jeremy? Yeah, I'd say CUA as well. Uh, same thing, the fact that they're playing on Tuesday night might, might play a little bit, and there's a few injuries. Um, last time I spoke to, uh, to Sarah West, but, uh, but at home, you know, it's it's always hard for the, the girls from Waga to travel all the way up to Canberra. Uh, and and on, on, the sim, on the football since the beginning of the season, CUA has been a bit stronger than the Wanderer, so I'll go for a CUA win. Next up, uh, Gungahlin United versus Tugran United. Sunday, July 3rd, 3 p.m. at Gungahlin enclosed. Uh, this will be Andrew Wooden's first game in charge at home for Gungahlin United. Against Tuggies, who will be coming off with a boatload of confidence after that comeback and draw. I think this will be a really close one, and I think there will be a lot of goals in this one as well. Um, but I'm I'm going to go with a Gungahlin victory with Andrew Woodman's first game at home. And like we said, only their second win of the season. They haven't beaten anyone that isn't Wagga so far, so they'll be looking to get that uh, some sort of role going so they can try and push up the table and make some ground there. In saying that, though, I think there will be a lot of goals. Uh, how about you, Jeremy? 
yeah, I'll go for Gungain as well. I'm, I'm sure Andrew Woodman will emphasize that they haven't been able to win against anybody else than the Wanderers this season. And so that he would love to see a, a win for his first home game. Um, so, so based on that alone, I'd say Gungain probably win that game. Um, it's not to say that it's not going to be a, an amazing fight against Turgonong and, and the resilience of the Tigers will be uh, put to work on, on Sunday. But yeah, I'll go for the, the Gunners win. Jeremy, thank you very much for joining me as always. Any last thank words you. before you leave and which game will you be commentating the weekend? Have you chosen yet? Uh, I'll, I was supposed to do CUA, but now that it's moved back at 2.30, I don't think that I can do it. So I'm, I'm, I'm in negotiation, but I'll try to head over to Gungalin to do Gungalin against um, Tergrenong. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit on the high because I was, as I was telling you offline, I just uh, come off an interview with with Ross Oloisi, the former Socorro, who is now the assistant coach uh, for Yokohama Marinos. So stay tuned. Now, obviously, everybody know when that interview is up, but it was, a, it was an amazing chat with the uh, former Adelaide City um, women's head coach. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad you're able to. I'm really looking forward to that. Ross Aloisi, um, obviously, is a well-respected person in the Australian game. So I'm really looking forward to what he has to say uh, in your interview. Thank you very much again, Jeremy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our CPL segment. Joining me again is Chris Webb. Chris, how's it going? We're talking off air. We've got a few interesting results to get into. Uh, any words before we start? Uh, no, look, thanks again for having me two weeks in a row. Um... Hopefully everyone can put up with me again, but yeah, that's no, good to be here. Let's uh, get cracking with these uh, results. We start with the Brindabella Blues, three uh, nil victory over Western Malongolo. Wilkes, Dagan Smith and Weekly with the goals. Huge result for the Brindies as this win puts them in third place, one point ahead of White Eagles. And they uh, just to put in perspective where they are from the top two. They are five points off Queanbeyan City who are in second. We mentioned last week that their victory over a top four side was bound to come. Um, and this win, uh, it looks like they're able to put some momentum together. Uh, this young side was able to do that this week, making themselves uh, really trying to solidify themselves in that top four. Now, Dagan Smith, uh, Chris, once again, uh, finds himself on the score sheet. Uh, he's Definitely been a great addition to this side and a big goal-scoring threat for the for the Brindies and also a clean sheet for Ray Junior's side. Uh, they're on some. They're starting to get in some good form now, and like we said, it was bound to be uh, happening happening eventually. From what we've both seen. Yeah, um, look, I was out there and uh, they were very good. Um, I think I said last week they're a very good team to watch, and they were they uh, didn't disappoint on the weekends. Um, Ray really has them uh, knocking the ball around. They're very, very calm in possession. The movement off the ball is great. Extremely, extremely young team. Um, pace up front is, is really good. Um, Degan Smith's goal was a lovely volley. Um, but he hit on it was a nice cross. And um, standouts for me are probably the two centre-backs. Um, weekly. It's, it's a great combination they've kind of got with, uh, you know, um, Ollie being big, tall, can hit a, hit a great kind of 60-metre ball forward to some speedy forwards. And then uh, Weekly's shorter, strong, extremely fast, but he uh, caused a lot of trouble picking up the ball and just running through the middle. And he got an amazing goal, picked up a loose ball about halfway and ran the leg, ran 
halfway through the field. And it was a great finish. Um, and that, that killed the game probably about 15 minutes into the second half. Um, so, look, they they well-deserving, definitely well-deserving of the win. They look really good. Um, yeah, I talk about him a lot. Jordan Host was especially uh, dangerous. Um, every time he picked up the ball, um, the, he looks dangerous. The team looks dangerous. Um, probably should have had himself a goal. He actually, fantastic, beat two players um, into the box and then hit the ball into the side netting when really he should have... Um, Spotted home, but um, look, Western Western were actually quite competitive. They played very well for the first um, probably half an hour. Definitely the first fifteen minutes actually looked like quite an even game. Both teams with probably even amount of chances. Um, Western probably squandered a few chances, uh, but really, look, they are just uh, they're on their knees. Um, they were missing 18, 18 across the two squads. I um, think you might have seen that the 23s didn't play. They couldn't put two teams together. They had 17 players available across the two squads. So only one person missed out, and, and it was just the 16 left. So it was a mix of first rate and, and, and 23s who played. Um, and missing some big, some of their, their key players, um, Rory Evans and Chris McEwen. And then and then they lost Ash Blount in probably 10 minutes into the game. So. Um, Things are just not going right for them at the moment, and they're finding themselves in a massive hole and one that's going to be extremely hard to get out of. Next up is Canberra White Eagles, Ugali. Huge win for the visitors as they scored their third win of the competition uh, away to White Eagles. Isaac Donadell was the one to break the deadlock late on for the Griffith base side. This victory now leaves them with 11 points, which is two behind Wagger in sixth and six points off White Eagles, who are in four. So there's six points off that top four. Uh, so top four, uh, they're still aiming for that top four, Ugali. So what we're sort of seeing now, sort of similar to an MPL1, uh, Chris, where we've got essentially, well, obviously it all depends on if uh, O'Connor win their game in hand, but we're essentially seeing a situation where we could have the seventh place to the fourth place really heating up in there except in mpl one it's going to be probably eighth uh eighth place sort of seen something similar but with seventh place to fourth or probably even higher to third in um cpl regarding eagles though disappointing result as it means brinda bella leapfrog them into third place while they remain in the top four by one point over anu overall though like, like i mentioned this does really hotten up that race uh but probably not the best result heading into their Big derby against Queanbeyan City this weekend, Webby. Yeah, look, um, this was the, the game that we predicted incorrectly last week. Um, and as we talk about, uh, while White Eagles have actually been reasonably consistent, Yugali yeah. is the one that uh, is just completely up and down, um, especially away. Um, it's always been harder for Yugali, but again, they just never stop surprising. Um, and they were missing a few as well. Ugali, White Eagles, on the other hand, looked close to full strength. Um, you know, no Joe Priest, no Ruben Donadell for Ugali, but still to come away. You know, look, as long as you've got another six Donadells there, you've always got a chance. I guess that's probably how they, they feel. And um, it was it was one of the Donadells that came away. Um, bit of a bomb, I hear. I, I, I saw, I ran into a whole bunch of the White Eagles guys that evening. Um, 
and oh, they were very disappointed, but um, they probably said it was reasonably fair reflection of the day and was pretty even. And um, it's looked kudos to to the Ugali boys. The, the dedication of the show is absolutely outstanding. Um, and, you know, every, to be travelling here often with, you know, kind of low on numbers, but to be able to put those results in and have that belief. And as you said, look, they're only um, seven points off third. And so uh, top four is well and truly in their grasp. So it's going to be a, an interesting little run in. And next up, we have Queanbeyan City 2-1 victory over Wagga City Wanderers. Kazola with the goal for Wagga Ramos with a penalty and Knight with a goal for Queanbeyan City. Queanbeyan opened the scoring through a penalty, uh, which was converted via Ramos. Uh, the player that led up to that, it was a ball over the top. I believe it was from Menza and the uh, Wagga defender cleared him out. Really good ball over the top there. Uh, the visitors doubled their lead via Knight, who was able to get on the end of a free kick uh, to shoot for the bottom corner. It seemed to have uh, deflected also um, on its way, but uh, you know you take um, you take every opportunity you can get, and um, that that seems to be a bit of a theme. I've been uh, there's quite a few deflection goals in um, all the leagues um, this week. Uh, this is also their first victory though in five games. So like we, we I don't think we can understate how you know big a win this is, especially um, considering Tagoron did drop points with that draw against ANU. So Queen took advantage. Um, probably not when they wanted to, which was against Tagoron last week, but the next opportunity to take advantage, uh, they did. So that's uh, very um, promising for them. And one thing we forgot to mention as well is last week they had a, a few new signings as well joined the team. Big signings for them, Trajkovsky and Piccolo, just to name a few. Michael Piccolo, of course, um, just coming over from Canberra, Croatia. Yeah, Wagga were able to grab one back, though, in the second half. Kozola uh, was the one to get that. Uh, look, they, they were able to sort of make a, a comeback from this, and it wasn't... Um, you know, they've, they've been in um, pretty good form recently. Obviously, a big result last week as well. And once again, the, a close score between them and Queen. It was also 2-1 as well. Uh, reverse, though, they were the ones that scored earlier in the earlier game. And this one, they were trying to make the comeback. But now Ugali, uh, only two points off them, I believe. And they're four points. But Wagga is still four points off the top four. So like we mentioned, we're going to see an interesting end to that. Uh, yeah, and look, and... And should always mention the return of the prodigal son and Zach Knight, who's essentially, you know, been the kind of the stalwart of, of Queanbeyan's team from throughout 2010 to 2020. He's really been, you know, they, they won a few premierships, um, you know, six, seven years ago, um, kind of under Jeremy Butler, and he was always really the key man. Yes. And um, so he's a a huge return for them. Just a, he's a great, big, tall, powerful player, but a very uh, skillful um, player for them. So, uh, yeah, Piccolo um, and Tchaikovsky is also um, very big, very big additions to them. And I think all three of them started um, in that game. So, uh, look, they're, they're looking strong. And it was, as we said, that loss, um, and all the points that dropped the last few weeks, they really needed 
they, a, they needed Tuggeranong to drop points and they needed to win. You know, if they had seen Tuggeranong drop points and then they didn't take advantage of that, it would have, would have really, really hurt them. Um, for Wagga, as you said, look, a win, a win there would have put them pretty much bang on the top four, um, same points as ANU. So, um, that it hurts them a bit. And, and as you said, Yugali are now breathing down their necks. Um, you know, they, they had, we talked about, you know, having both Jakes, um, on the pitch together and they were both there. So, um, and, uh, they, I think that they probably caused Queanbeyan a little bit of trouble, but uh, it, it's something that I think Wagga are, are still definitely in the fight here. Um, they've they've got a good solid grounding, and I think that they can really, as you said, all these teams in there, but they've really got a shot of, of pushing in this top four. They're, all it's going to take is you know one or two teams just to have a little bit of a rut, and and some of these teams can go on a run, and all of a sudden. You know, just like Brindy, find yourself in third position. Next up, ANU coming from behind, 3-0 down to draw 3-3 with Tuggerong United. Uh, Spears, Wernia and Hines with the goals for ANU. Hislop, Richards and Bunell with the goals for Tuggerong United. Uh, the first half was, I guess, typical Tuggerong for what we've seen this season. They went, had a blitzing start, scored three in the first half. First two goals, Tuggies were you know, used their pace uh, to quickly move past their opponents. Uh, the last goal might have been a little fortunate uh, with the ANU defender not being able to clear a big throw in from Tuggeranong, uh, leaving Bunol only needing to tap it in to put it home. Uh, Tuggeranong, though, will be disappointed to let that 3 0 lead slip in the second half, ultim- and of course, ultimately surrendering two points to Queanbeyan as they were able to gain on them. However, Getting in that seven-point lead, it does give them that cushion uh, in that regard. Uh, in terms of ANU, not the best first half, conceding three at home early on. Uh, if you were watching that live, you might have thought, is this sort of similar shades to what we saw in that first one, first match where they conceded four in the first half and then lost 5-0 overall? However, ANU showed good resilience to come back with, uh, with those goals in the second half. A sort of similar to some of Tuggy's goals. Some of them might have come off a little fortunate, uh, but you need to take advantage of those situations. And I say that for both sides in that regard. And I believe one of ANU's goals as well came when uh, one of Tuggeron's players was subbed off, uh, not subbed off, was um, sent to the sin bin. Uh, overall, good desire and pushback from ANU to get that point. Uh, but due to other results, they drop out of the top four, but they're only one point behind White Eagles who are in fourth place. Webby, big result to break down. Uh, what do you make of it? Uh, look, to be honest, it's the only reason I hear You predicted this. Is to brag about the uh, <laughs> about the result and my prediction of a three-all draw, um, which I'll let you know, minutes after the game, I was met with a, a text message from uh, a certain coach who wasn't all too happy with my prediction and said that I was the reason that they threw away a three-goal lead. But, um, yeah, look, uh, as I said, it, no, it, you couldn't see it coming, but it was, a, it was not unforeseeable that ANU could do that. And I don't think it's too disgraceful to Tuggeranong 
to draw with ANU because ANU is an extremely strong team. We said have extremely strong firepower. Um, obviously, they were disappointed throwing a three uh, goal lead away, but it's it's definitely not something really that you need to hang your head in shame. Um, and as you said, they're lucky they had a seven point buffer, still five points. They still essentially have to lose two games and for a team below them to go 100% um, to lose this title. So they're still in a very good shape. They have to play ANU again. They have to play Queanbeyan again. And as we said, teams like Brindy, uh, both Riverina teams, White Eagles, do have chance uh, ability to take points off them. Uh, look, ANU, quite interesting. You know, um, one was on the bench um, for this game and uh, came came on at halftime when they were 3-0 down. Um, so interesting sub in the first place to put uh, not only a captain, but a big centre-back on after you're 3-0 down. But then to get in there and get a goal, um, Carl Hines, another one who was on the bench, came on to, to grab the equaliser in the dying minutes. So um, some inspired changes. Um, and... Yeah, it look disappointing. Tuggers, Tuggers again had a you know, very strong team. Um, the Hislop is uh, a very good player in there, um, picking up goals again. Sean Kitty, obviously that that big throw is something that um, you know he's used for a long time, and I think teams really need to be quickly switched on um, to that. But you can always cause always cause massive troubles, and you really got to be aware of those things um, happening in there. But so, look for, for Tuggeranong. I don't think there's too much for them to be worried about. Um, for ANU, look, I think it's probably uh, while it's only one point, and as you said, it saw Brenda Bella jump them and then fall out of the uh, fall out of the top four. I actually think it would be very stirring comeback. That's probably an extremely good morale booster. For them and, and something that could probably set them on uh, a good a good run going forward from here. It certainly will be a big morale booster for ANU, as was that um, that win against Queanbeyan also. And but like you said, Tuggies, like we said, with the seven point lead, it gives you that cushion. It allows you to have this sort of result. But in terms of Queanbeyan, um, I'm sure that that will also be a morale booster for them as well. So. Um, I guess never say never in terms of the title race, but Tuggeron's still in a good position. Let's head into our round 12 fixtures. Wagga City Wanderers, ANU, Saturday, July 2nd, 2.15pm at Gissing Oval. Uh, Michael says ANU for this one. I say ANU for this one as well. And saying that though, Wagga have um, had some good performances against ANU recently. They've been in good form themselves at home. Um, and they're just losing to Queenian 2-1. Uh, but... The reason why I say ANU is because that comeback against Tuggeranong, like you said, it will be a big uh, morale booster for them. How about you, Abby? Uh, yeah, look, the same, I think, ANU for that reason. I think that they're going to be on a high um, and just ready to kind of try and use that momentum to keep rolling through. Um, but as you said, Wagga, very tough at home um, and have already beaten ANU this year. So it's definitely not a foregone conclusion, but yeah, we'll go ANU. Next up, Another, uh, the big derby, another always a really good, entertaining and feisty game. Queenman City, Canberra White Eagles, Saturday, July 2nd, 3 p.m. at High Street. Mike says Queenman for this one. Uh, I'll agree with him on this one here. 
despite White Eagles' loss, like we said, they've got a pretty, uh, pretty full team and they've been in good form themselves this season. I just think with Queanbeyan's win, them needing to pick up points, Tugger on dropping points as well, similar to ANU. Not that the belief was never there, but I think it'll be uh, it'll uh, that morale booster, for a lack of a better word, uh, will push them towards this victory here. And uh, you'll probably see there, like you said, their returns and new signings all um, sort of being a little better integrated, being their third game or third or second game, respectively. How about you, Obi? Yeah, look, this one is it's always hard to predict. Yeah, um, you can throw the form book out the window. Um, with these games, there's so much uh, passion and emotion um, that, that comes into them. Look, so again, I'll, I'll sit on the fence and I'll go for a draw for this one. Um, yeah, I just think it, it's, it's anybody's game. Next up, Ugali, Western Malonglo, Sunday, July 3rd, 1.30pm at Solomad Stadium. Uh, I'll go probably go with Ugali for this one. Their form at home has been pretty good, especially recently. Uh, how about you, Webby? If you don't want to, if you don't want to say the say the pick, that's fine. Just uh, let me know what you think about the game. No, look, um, I can't see anything but a Ugali win. Uh, like I said, Western had eighteen out last week. They already got twenty out for this week, and it's only Tuesday um, or Monday. So. Uh, they're, they're running on absolute petrol fumes. And to go all that way, I can't see anything better comfortable you Ugali win. Next up, Tuggeron United, Brindabella Blues, the Tuggeron Derby, Sunday, July 3rd, 3 p.m. at Canberra 201. This should be a really good game. I'm probably we'll see a few goals in this one as well. Tuggeron will probably be switched on defensively uh, after conceding those those three goals and letting the lead slip uh, for that reason alone, I am probably going to go for Tuggeronong uh, victory here. Same as uh, Michael, uh, like we said, Tuggeronong having, you know, having dropped those points, I, I would say Brindabella probably would have had a better chance heading into this if Tuggeronong didn't already draw. But in saying that though, I think it's going to be a very close game and Brindabella can still get something from this game. They've got the quality to do it. But like we said, uh, Tuggeron would be going to be, I think, raring to go after that draw. How about you, uh, Webby? Yeah, look, I think this one will, will be close. Whether, yeah. you know, definitely in terms of the game, the gameplay, I think it's going to be very yeah. close. Um, I, like I said, I've just been very impressed by Brenda Bella. I think they're undefeated in five or six games now. Like, so they're on, they're on a very uh, good run. But I'm not sure I can see Tuggeron dropping points two games in a row. Um, I, look, I, I wouldn't be surprised in any result, but I'll, I think I will go Tucker off this one. And that's us for this week. Thank you so much, Webby, for joining us again. Any last words on, um, I guess, anything camp football before we head? Um, no, I think there were some interesting uh, rounds in State League 1 this, this week. Some, uh, I can't read top now. Yeah, so some very interesting results, uh, especially the Western ANU game. I don't think I've ever seen so many messages of angry people in my life, um, but I think that will leave that for another day. Um, some interesting refereeing, let's say, um, in that game. But look, yep, Juventus top now, so it makes it extremely interesting uh, race going on there. 
It certainly does. And we'll when we have you uh, back on next, we'll have another State League One update as well. Like we said, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for joining me, everybody. That was episode 58 of the Cambridge Football Show. See you next week. <laughs>